1: You could get them, but can you keep them? When I walk, do, do, when I walk, though, <laughs> <I walk>, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Stop Playing podcast. It's your favorite homegirl, Corielle, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And today, I got a working woman in the building. We got the Sarah Fontenot in the studio. Hey, girl. Welcome to the show. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. So we met, I don't even know when we met. I I know the first time I remember meeting you was at... Um, it was a social proof alumni yep Mm -hmm. all white yep so that was the first time I remember like meeting you in real life, but I feel like we knew each other of all on the internet yes, somehow. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, but for the people who may not know you, introduce yourself and tell the people. What's oh, up, yeah. y'all?
0: Uh, my name is Sarah Fontno. I have claimed myself to be a self-love guru. I am a small-town girl from Regina, Saskatchewan, and I moved to America to pursue my dreams, slipped and fell in entrepreneurship, and I never really look back. I'm just a person that believes we can be, do, and have anything that we want to be, do, and have, and that's how I live my life.
1: I love it. So yeah. what is, uh, how do you become a self-love, like, coach, expert, oh. advocate? How do you get to that point within yourself to yeah. become that?
0: Well, I think for me, when people ask me that question, they're like, well,
1: why do you qualify yourself to speak about self-love? Because I know
0: self-hate. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to overcome self-hate. I've had to overcome that little devil on my shoulder. I've had to overcome the doubts and the fears. I've had to stop second-guessing myself and really understand who I am, have that awareness and who I'm being so I could be in integrity with that person. Even if it ruffles feathers, even if it's bothersome to others, even if people are like, I don't like you, even if it means I'm ostracized, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to be happy. Mm -hmm. And you can't be happy unless you're in integrity with self. So, um I believe it breaks down into really simple principles and I, I live by it and I stand
1: on it, you know? So what would you say are some of the experiences that got you to the place where you could become self-aware enough, have enough confidence to, number one, just identify what you believe in yeah. and then be confident enough to stand on those beliefs? Well,
0: I think it's a journey, right? I think it realistically, it started, I'm from Canada, right? And I'm up from little, t- little House on the Prairie, Canada. So I was the only black girl in every grade. I never fit in. My hair was never the same. Um, It was like my black family. And then there was a black community where, but I had never even seen a a large group of black people together before I moved to America, Mm. you know, outside of who my family was and like my friends that I danced with, you know? So I felt like, that was the beginning of feeling like I don't belong but being okay because it's not about trying to fit in it's really about like being all of you Mm -hmm. you know so it it started there and then I've been in really toxic relationships you know I was and it's funny um I have this story about how when I was 10 years old I created a story that said if I let you in you'll betray me based on an experience that I had and Coriel girl I did not know until I was 28 years old that I created that story and so I was subconsciously seeking the people, the places, the experiences, the everything that would validate if I let you in, you'll betray me. So it's no wonder why I experienced domestic violence. I was almost paralyzed by my first ex-fiance. You know, it's no wonder why I couldn't have a solid female friendship until I realized that story. It's no wonder why I had these these self-doubts and limiting beliefs and all of these different things. So it's really been a journey of having to overcome myself, get out of my own way, and then being okay with it. You know, one thing I feel like when you live in your truth, Girl, when you live in your truth, it doesn't matter what anyone has to say, what they do, how they act, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're proud of you. You can look Mm -hmm. that person in the face. And
1: be okay with who you see in the mirror. Yes, I love it. So how do you get to a point where you can shut out the noise Mm -hmm. of other people? Because so many people, especially with social media being what it is, Mm -hmm. especially with women specifically dealing with so much imposter syndrome. How do you get to the point within yourself where you can not succumb to the pressures of other people, not feel like you got to go along to get along, not be afraid to ruffle those feathers or go in a different direction from the group? Like how, how for someone who's watching this and is like, well, that sounds good, but I can't find it within me to do this.
0: I think number one is you have to decide who is it that you want to be. I think we're all duped from our childhood because we're always hearing like, what do you wanna be when you grow up? What do you wanna be? Well, what is great, but what is connected to achievement whereas who is connected to fulfillment? And so we're constantly chasing achievement, 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 Isn't as women, especially black women, you know, we're out here, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Okay, well, that's why we're human beings and not human doings, mm-hmm. right? And so inside of that, When you are aware of who it is that you want to be, it's just like any goal. You work towards being that person. How does that person walk into a room? How does that person dress? How does that person smell? How does that person act? And when you can get clear, like how is their hair? And this is the thing. You ha- it's always a flow. Mm-hmm. It's always changing because we're always evolving. But I think that when you're clear on the first version of you that you want to be and you're willing to work in alignment with it, and then you have to set boundaries around it because, you know, if you decide one day I'm just going to start living my life as a completely new woman, all of your friends and your family members are about to be like, first of all, who do you think mm-hmm. you are? Mm-hmm. You know, now, oh, you better than us now? Oh, you and your little business? Oh, you think you're all of these things that start to come up? You have to put boundaries around it. Mm-hmm. And so how do you reinforce a boundary? Repetition. How do you reinforce a boundary? Saying what you mean, meaning what you say and saying what you mean. Mm-hmm. How do you reinforce a boundary? Not letting people slide when they try to play them, you know? And so it's, it's a time thing and it's a compassion thing because we're, we all stumble. We all fall. We all make mistakes. But are you willing to? To to fight for who it is that you wanna be. Are you even aware of who it is that you wanna that be? That part. Because most of us are on autopilot, to be honest.
1: And we are subconsciously deciding who we wanna be based on other people's opinions, yep. other people's beliefs, yep. other people's desires for yep. ourselves, especially women, you know. Who does our mom want us to be? Who does our mom expect us to be? How does she want us to show up? And then we become that person, and we wonder why we feel unfulfilled because Mm -hmm. that was not our true desire. That was the desire of someone else. Mm -hmm. So I love, um, I love that, and I want to go back to what you said about your childhood, the eight-year-old self, Mm -hmm. because we often, you know, end up on these couches having these podcast conversations, and they're so enlightening, you know, such enlightening conversations but a lot of times the person who's showing up to have the conversation is still that unhealed Mm. eight-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old person because we have not even realized that that's where we got stuck. How did you come to that realization? Because for you to be able to pinpoint it and define it and communicate it in such a way that, that to me is the first step to be able, being able to deal with it. If yes. you can't define it, you can't deal with it. Yes. So for you to be able to define this was the age, this was the story. Now I can unpack it. That's big.
0: Yes. So I do a lot of seminars. I do a lot of trainings. I'm I'm always
1: where you're the student or the teacher, both. Got you. Okay. Okay.
0: But we're always teaching who's like five years behind us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like even if I'm on one, I could teach a zero. Mm-hmm. If I'm on three, mm-hmm. I could teach two. That's... So I was both at the time. But in this in this time. I I had just called off my second engagement. Girl, wait, you didn't say it. first engagement, second engagement. How many are there
1: total? Two. Okay,
0: two. I've been okay. engaged twice. Okay. Third time's a charm. Okay. Um, and I had just called off my second engagement and I was literally in a space of like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I keep attracting these people? Cause he did some real sly you know, stuff, right? And and so I was like, why do I keep choosing these people that I know I'm not in alignment with? Like, what is it about Sarah that's attracting these experiences Mm -hmm. and then putting up with it, you know? And so I started getting heavily into books, um, I started reading the book Rory Ray, How to Have the Relationship You Want, going from masculine to feminine. I went into um, a training, a seminar called Insight. Insight is about like your heart. Um, I've done landmark form. There's so many. Have you done landmark form? Girl, uh-huh. yes, that was a long time ago. Okay, okay.
1: Yes, it's so good. You you did it too? I haven't, but what? I've, it keeps coming up. I keep hearing about it, so I'm so intrigued. We'll have to talk about that off camera because yes. I have questions. It's so good. Okay. It is so good. Okay.
0: Um, And so I was doing all of these things to work on myself to really figure out like What is what is the hell why? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I realized where I've done a lot of these different exercises. And so in these exercises, you have to think of all of the people that you've ever wronged and that have ever wronged you. Right. And so I've had this list of like, you know, and it's like back to your childhood Mm -hmm. and you write out like, what was it about this? And so I'm writing out all of these things. And I realized that when I was 10 years old, there was a girl that I was in school with and her name, I'm not gonna say her, her real name is Jane Doe. Okay. And so Jane Doe was the it. Okay, she could sing, she could play uh, guitar, piano. She was fast in track, beautiful. And when she would invite the whole class over for whatever event she was having at her house, her house, you would think Little Miss Muffet lived there from my 10 year old eyes, Mm -hmm. right? I was like, wow, this girl just, everything has their perfect little place. And her dad was a police officer. Her mom was a stay at home mom. I was like, I wanna be like Jane Mm -hmm. Doe. We all know the Jane Doe's. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wanted to be just like her. Now, me on the flip side, uh, I have all of the siblings. My parents uh, are, you know, my dad ruptured a disc in his back when I was 10 years old. So we went from a two-family income household to one. And so my mom had a full-time job. She was going to school full-time to get her master's in engineering, taking care of my dad and his injury, all of us kids, and trying to make sure that we weren't homeless. And so needless to say, when my parents would say, clean your room, I'm not, there's no accountability, you know, because we're, we're trying to make sure I'm not homeless and my dad is currently hurting downstairs. So as long as the main areas in the house were clean, they didn't care what our room looked like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was a dirty kid, Coriel. Like when I tell you dirty, if there were roaches where I'm from in Canada, we would have had roaches strictly because of me. I'm talking dirty and look, y'all can judge me if you want to, but I'm gonna keep it real because it's a part of my story. I would pick gum up off the ground and chew it. This is the kind of, yeah, I see. For what face. reason? For what I reason, I Sarah, I educate us why you did that? I don't know why I did it. I was just gross. I was a gross kid. Yeah, I was just gross. I was. It, just, it is what it is. I was a nasty little child. But <clears throat> I'm grateful for it because when I asked Jane Doe, mm-hmm. I said, Jane, I really want you to teach me how to be clean like you. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better, but I really want you to teach me how to be clean like you. So do you want to come over to my house tomorrow and play and you can teach me how to be clean like you? So the next day she came to my house and I cleaned my room as best as I knew how, but there was clutter everywhere, clothes everywhere, stuff under the bed. It just is a different level, right? A different level of awareness of what's acceptable and what isn't. And so she came over. The next day when we went to school, she told everyone how dirty and disgusting and nasty I was. And from that point, I was the dirty, disgusting, smelly, gross Sarah, right? Now, in that moment, I created a story because I asked you first. I said, can you help me? I didn't say, come over. Oh, surprise, it's dirty here. I'm literally inviting you. I told you it's dirty here. I need some help. I'm trying to learn. So what I didn't know was 10-year-old Sarah created that story that said, if I let you in, you'll betray me. But the powerful part is 10-year-old Sarah also created a story that said, no one's ever going to call me dirty again. And so now... Everything in my home has its perfect little place. Labels face forward, hairs are laid. I don't know if y'all can see it on the camera. I see it. I see them baby hairs.
1: You feel me?
0: On 4K. You know? You Um, But I'm saying that to say that, you know, sometimes the bad things, yes, they create these limiting beliefs and they create these these stories that we have. But at the same time, they also create strong suits. And I don't think that enough of us take the time to understand, number one, who hurt you? Mm -hmm. Why did they hurt you? Can you forgive them for that? And can you can you can you do the work to heal? Like go back. And I had to sit with my inner child in these in these exercises and just cry and say, I'm sorry. And then I imagine, you know, if you're a mom at home home and you have children imagine talking to your child the way you talk to yourself
1: mm-hmm. you, we, we wouldn't talk to anybody the way we talk to yourself. ourselves
0: right and so it's just been a it's been an experience and I will say another thing that they had us do was the sorry list you could choose to message all your people and I'm like oh I am evolved okay <laughs> I can message every single person on this list I am evolved and uh I wasn't Because what they didn't prepare me for was the response Mm -hmm. or the lack thereof. Some people I expected to hear from and I did not. Mm. And that hurt more than the people that did, you know? So I've just, I've been so open to learning all of the different ways and understanding, like, who hurt me? And who have I hurt? And can I own it and take responsibility for it and just say I'm sorry for the part that I played Mm -hmm. in it? You know? So that was the beginning of my healing really intentionally finding out like what and i have so many of those stories
1: that i found and we all do but if we don't take the time to sit down and write it out it's they just layer on top of layer on top of layer until you get to the point where something's wrong but it's so many layers that you can't even dig deep enough to figure it out yeah um boy that childhood is is something else Mm -hmm. it's the crazy part to me because i think we've all had something we've we've gone through that's given us some perspective that's probably off in some way so in your case and i think probably you know i can pinpoint some similarities and if if i let you close she will betray me it's crazy that that thought actually attracts betrayal yes it actually causes you to create scenarios to be betrayed that is insane Yes. yes It's a it's a subconscious thing. We create the life that we live by the way that
0: we think. So and and the thing that that and this is why we have to do the work. And I know you know this. I'm really talking to myself and the people that are watching. But literally, if if you are not intentional, we go on on autopilot. An autopilot is addicted. Like we, neurologically speaking, right? We f- we fire off these neurons and they partner together and we naturally and scientifically want to go to the emotions that we feel we're the most familiar to, yep. with, mm-hmm. right? And so if you naturally want to be angry, or if you naturally want to be sad or depressed or anxious, and that's the thing that you're firing off, you have to intentionally break that circuit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just going to go on autopilot and continue to perpetuate our past.
1: So how do you when you find yourself today this mm-hmm. evolves sarah mm-hmm. when you find yourself on autopilot because mm-hmm. it's a process right it's not a, it's not a destination you've arrived
2: i'm never. just here right. no
1: we're never going to be there right Period. we can get so far and then i feel like god be testing us god <laughs> will surround you with the people who are literally yeah going to put you in a position to test all of that stuff that you just learned like right. are you you said you was ready <laughs> now let's see so what do you do now yeah If you are met with a situation or met, you know, in a circumstance where it's like, okay, I'm comfortable, but I realize I'm on autopilot and something's got to change.
0: So a couple of things. Number one, I now finally, which I didn't do in the past, I allow myself to be human and I allow, allow myself to feel it because before it was like, no, I'm positive. Everything is, no, Sarah, everything is not perfect. Okay, chill out, feel it. And you have to feel it so that you can release it. Because again, it goes back to that awareness. If you're not clear on the stuff that you have going on and it's just suppress, 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 what we suppress turns into depress, Mm -hmm. right? What we do not spend time really focusing on can really quickly turn to depression. And it's like, that is not what we want. So we have to take the time to feel it. So I say five minutes, unless it's something really big. Now, if I'm really just like, oh, you got me all the way jacked up, then I'm like 24 hours. And then I got to let it go. And on top of that, I'm really intentional about being in peak state. I don't want to be on a low vibrational frequency because I don't want to attract low vibrational frequencies, experiences, Mm -hmm. life. So for me personally, what I do in the morning when I wake up, and I'm Canadian, so I'm a little more jovial than
1: most, okay? Is that a thing? I don't. I feel like we're just people. Are like you're so nice. I'm like, am I? I. I mean, I'm very kind. I don't. So think Americans a, are just rude as hell. Maybe, don't say it. Go ahead.
0: Um. So when I wake up in the morning, I open my eyes and I'm like, another day. And then I close my eyes and immediately I imagine like a sonic ring that spins right. Or I'd say, like to say a halo, but mm-hmm. so you can have a visual. And I put it like over my head and I open it and all the way around my body. This is the first thing I'm doing. This literally takes me 15 seconds in the morning, all the way around my body. I'm sending healing. I'm sending favor. I'm sending prosperity. I'm sending growth. I'm sending evolution. I'm sending all of the things I want to send. And I close the bubble around my feet. I get up. I go make an energy tea. I come back. I immediately have a, a playlist on my phone. Um, it's Baroque classical music or movie score music. And it will just shuffle on my playlist. And I'm I'm journaling with my energy tea. And I'm saying- Girl, what is energy tea? I so my sister is a distributor with Herbalife and okay I order. oh so
1: it's literally energy tea yeah okay I thought it was some special no uh, it's one of the a green tea with a collagen gotcha.
0: and an aloe it's and an, an extra
1: energy. Gotcha. yeah okay
0: with some extra stuff but gotcha. yeah I'm making it it's an iced tea too got gotcha. you okay I have hot tea at night and I like cold tea in the morning um, so I I drink my energy tea and I and I. I journal. I'm so blessed, happy, and grateful now that, now this is the thing, our subconscious, and I know you know, doesn't know the difference between what has already happened, what has happened currently, and what's going to happen in the future. All it hears is the feeling, right? And we don't attract what we think about. We attract what we feel strongest about, right? We just talked about it. On a subconscious level, we attract the experiences that our subconscious is feeling. We're seeking them, actually, so that we can attract them. So you think bad, that's why you get bad. Or you feel bad, you attract more bad. And so um, I put myself in a peak state by thinking about all the things, and after I write it, I speak it. So I'll do these five-minute rounds where I'm like, like by myself in my room, crying, like, "Oh, it's so beautiful!" Like, "Oh my God!" And the Delilahs, like, I see my family compound, walking with my mom pushing the stroller, and my mom's like, "Look at the wild Delilahs!" And it's like we go walk to the garden and eat cucumbers fresh off the ground, and we pick the peaches off of the tree, and you know, the babies running around, and then you know, doing all. I've seen it, like I know it. Now this is the thing: I don't know when it's gonna happen. I don't know how it's gonna look. I'm not attached to that. I'm attached to. Putting myself in a peak state, speaking it out loud, putting myself in a feeling of like feel good. So now I've journaled. I'm gonna go work out. I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna shower. While I'm in the shower, I'm listening to a personal development, while I'm doing my makeup, I'm gonna listen to um, a book. No, sorry, while I'm in the shower, I'm listening to gospel music when I'm out of the shower, I'm listening to a book. And then you can't, you, you, you can't knock me off my game at this point. I'm I'm literally like, what can you what Ugh, girl? So I I focus on that. And when I'm human, I allow myself to be human because I also know I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I have times where I disappoint myself, where I come out of character. They don't happen as often anymore, but they do still happen, you know, and it just it just is what it is. So I'm, I'm compassionate with myself because I know that life is a journey. You I know I love that it's
1: time for a special business spotlight segment. And I got my girl Aisha Taylor Issa. In the building. Hey, girl. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank it's you. been a long time coming. It is. I have known you since 2018. Mm-hmm. You just refreshed my memory. Mm-hmm. When I, I think I was a panelist at the Sisters very in much. Business
2: Expo, the very first one. Uh, So a lot. First of all, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. right? And there's a reason why more people don't do it to the scale that we do, because it's very expensive and it costs a lot of time and money and resources. So it's a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. Um, One of the biggest things we've had to learn is that we needed to educate our audience. Right. Because a lot of people do come with that mindset of um, I got to sell if I'm not selling, then it wasn't beneficial. Mm -hmm. Right. And yes, selling is important. But we also are intentional about including both product and service based businesses. So what's the advantage for the service based businesses? Right. It's lead generation. Mm -hmm. It's networking. It's growing your audience. It's all of that. So we really it took a a year or two to really just get people to see the value in just being in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and selling, yes, but also putting yourself in spaces that are specifically curated for your growth and your advancement. And so I think that that has been the biggest shift for us and for the culture. And once people kind of caught on to that, um, that's when we really, you know, really see the, the impact that we're able to have.
1: That is a very good point, because I think that a lot of people approach vending from the perspective of if I don't make 100 sales, then I'm not successful. But you could get 100 leads you could make one valuable connection that's worth way more than that I've hundred sales, right? You can do yep. so many other things, but having the right intention um, and mindset behind it and you know, showing up with that, I think is super important. Absolutely. So you got a lot going on. I had the pleasure of attending your Mamapreneur brunch. It's the keynote um, speaker. This, yes, this past May. So what is new in your world? What can the people be looking out for and support?
2: Yeah, so um, even though we're two years in with it now, the sister shop is still the buzz, the talk of the town, right? Um, the newest part of our our brand mm-hmm. that people are really, really excited about. We opened our second location last year in here in Atlantic Station. Um, and it's almost like people don't even know we host expos anymore. I'm like, hello, we've we been here. Already. (laughs) Yes, Um, because people are so excited because you don't see many, any really stores like ours specifically. There are stores that sell all black-owned brands, but we specifically have black women-owned brands. So it's a really unique niche that we are super proud of Mm -hmm. um, with a really long wait list of folks trying to get in. Um, And so what's on the horizon will prayerfully be new locations. Come on. um, And also branching out our expo to new cities and new markets. Uh, We've already done five markets over the last... um, Six years. Uh, normally, we do four a year. Um, this year, we shifted our um, processing, so we did two cities, but regional, and so each is two days. Okay. Uh, so, still a lot of work. Uh, and so, we're actually hosting our Northeast Expo next weekend, September twenty second and twenty third, um, in Passaic, New Jersey. So, super excited. As someone who's done events,
1: that shit is a lot of, That's work. A lot of work. That's why we scale back. One thing about Mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So, if you are looking for the perfect gift to make Mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu, because body care is self care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code G-S-P-P at oseamalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code G-S-P-P for 10% off.
2: You just said that you do four in a year. I used to, yeah. This is the first year since 2018 that we did not do four. What type of team and time management and, like, liquor? Like, what is it that you do? What does it take? Seriously, how do you manage? You know, I'm I'm real with you. Um, Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it literally is the grace of God. I mean, it's always the grace of God, but sometimes I don't know. I do have an amazing team. Now, when I first started... It was not just me, but it was my family. Mm, okay. And I am super blessed. I shout it from the mountaintops anywhere I can that I have been blessed to have a super supportive family. So when I didn't have any money to pay them, they traveled on their own dime and their own time to every city to be with me, so that's really how we did it, and they still do to this day. Um, thankfully, we're in a little better position now, and so mm-hmm. we're able to, you know, cover their expenses. Um, but we also have staff that now travel with us as well. Um, so we have a super amazing team. Also, because we've been doing it so long, you know, a lot of it is kind of wash and repeat, mm-hmm. um, but then adding and enhancing every year. So, for example, last. year. Uh, year in New Jersey was the first year we piloted a two-day experience Mm -hmm. so that was a whole you know a whole nother you know thing to learn and do and now we're doing two days all this year so um we just kind of you know learn what worked get rid of what didn't work and and try to grow from there
1: how do you know when it's time to pivot
2: (sighs) usually um it just doesn't feel right in my spirit Mm. or sometimes you're forced to pivot right so of course COVID forced us to pivot We were an event, primarily an event based business. And so for all of 2020, when we could not have events, we did, of course, the virtual conferences and things that everyone was doing. But our in-person experiences are so unique um, that something was still missing. Mm -hmm. And so many of our brands were still suffering and struggling and shutting down because they could not sell live. Um, And so that is how we ended up in retail. I never imagined retail, never even thought about it. Um, but when stuff started opening back up, it was the retail stores where people were flocking to and the mm-hmm. malls. Um, and so that's how we landed there. So a lot of times it's the, the circumstances that caused us to pivot, but then other times it might just be something in my spirit or the numbers ain't right, you know. like math ain't math, math ain't math ain't. Mm-hmm. Um And so, or just the stress and the strain of it, right? So four cities after five years became a lot on us emotionally, physically, financially, Um um, and so we were like, "What else can we do to still serve our people, but maybe not go to four cities?" That part. And and you are a wife, and you are a mother. Mm. How of a
1: little pumpkin of a little pootatoota? How what what do you have a time management like tip trick hack? What are I'm you doing?
2: Not. No, <laughs> no, I um, I delegate a lot. That's a hack. I delegate a lot. Um, and How do you delegate? How do you trust people to delegate? It has not been easy. But again, I've been super blessed with some really great staff and team members. Um, and so once you prove to me that you can handle something, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. You're going to handle something. Take it all. Take it all. So that has worked over, the, I would say, the last two years. Um, You know, people showing me what they can do and me allowing them to do it. Um, Now, we have it. That hasn't always been the case. Of course, a couple of bad apples, you know, make it into the bunch. And so we have to identify them early. Mm -hmm. I will say that I hold on to people sometimes too long um, because of just, you know, your heart, my Mm -hmm. heart and trying to see the best and get the best out of people. Um, But I think one thing that has helped me in terms of a time management hack is delegation. Um, I had to make a lot of changes when I became a mom. Um, that I didn't make right away. Like it, what? What were
1: some of those changes that you just had to, you didn't really want to? Closing
2: my laptop and mm-hmm. creating a bedtime for my son. Like the first six months of his life, maybe even into nine months, he would just be up with me while I was working. I mean, just, you know, cooing and laughing and watching cartoons and I would just be steady. And I didn't initially see the problem with mm-hmm. that. Um, but then one day I kind of looked over at him and I was like, you need to put this child to bed. You need to stop what you're doing and create a routine for him. And I did. I did. And I I was very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And honestly he did not have any issues adjusting. It was me. Right. It It usually is. Mm -hmm. He immediately fell right into the flow. I had no trouble getting him to lay down. No trouble. We created a bath time, whole routine, book, all of that stuff that I guess the rest of the world was doing. And I'm over here like a fool, working crazy, trying to take care of this business. And my son is just chilling. You're not a fool. You know
1: what you are? You are a boss that has
2: become (laughs) a mother.
1: Yeah. And now you have to adjust into being a mom. Mm -hmm. Most of us try to do what we've been doing just with the baby on our hip now. And it's like, no, you gotta put
2: this down so yeah. you can't. You know, it's, it's I think I love that commonality between us because we both were, you know, already running, you know, enterprises, mm-hmm. you know, before we became wives and mothers. And um it is a shift. Yes. It's an adjustment. When you don't enter into this world already with those titles and you add those roles, you definitely have to make some adjustments. Yeah. And thankfully I got married, you know, right before we started this brand. So he's been with me, you know, through every mm-hmm. peak and valley. Um, but the baby was a definitely an adjustment, and he is the best thing that ever happened to us. So. Are you done? You I'm some... done. Done, done. I'm old. Done or done, done. I'm done, done. Okay. One and
1: done. One and done. We good Outta over here. here. We go Out cheap. Out of here. <laughs> Okay, so for the entrepreneurs who might be watching this and need some help, need your resources, or want to know how they can get their business onto the wait list, because your girl got a wait list, okay. let them know where they can find you, how they can support you.
2: Yeah. So y'all can check us out um, online everywhere at SIB Expo, and that stands for Sisters in Business Expo. Sisters is spelled S-I-S-T-A-H uh, when you're searching. Uh, so SIB Expo on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, it's Sisters in Business Expo, um, and online, sibexpo.us. And feel free to, you know, connect with us, tap in, join the mailing list, follow us, so that you can stay connected on what we have coming up.
1: And check them out at their sister shop in yes. New Jersey, right, yes, and New Atlantic Jersey,
2: Station. Elizabeth, New Jersey, at the Mills at Jersey Gardens Mall and Atlantic Station right here in Midtown Atlanta. Uh, and that website is thesistashop.com, S-I-S-T-A-H.
1: I love all that you are doing. It is my pleasure to be able to introduce you to the people. Y'all make sure that y'all check my girl out. We're about to get back into this episode. I love that you have reached the level where you can give yourself grace Mm because so often we extend grace and we empathize with other people. But then when it comes to us, we got to have it all together. We got to be perfect. We got to get it right all the time. You know, we can't any of the things. But, you know, you've evolved past that. Other people have not necessarily evolved past that though. Um, So I want to talk about the breakups in life, Mm -hmm. right? You had, I don't know if you had a public breakup. Was that a a public breakup? Yeah, I've had a couple. Okay, well I know about one. I only know about one public breakup. And my question is, with you have reaching this level of evolution where you're at your peak level, right? People should not be able to penetrate that. But people are rude as hell. Mm -hmm. People got keyboard courage, Mm. Twitter fingers. Like, people are doing all of the things, and people think they know you, and they really don't. They really don't. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain, and I'm not talking about, like, perception, like maintaining a good, you know, appearance, but truly in your spirit, like with yourself. How do you stay in that space, or how do you get back to that space when you are out of alignment? If you, you know... Personally, you're feeling good, but then somebody says something on the internet. Personally, you're feeling good. You know, how do you deal with other people's stuff? Because you can have it all together and then you walk outside and somebody tries to mess up your aura.
0: Yeah. I would say, number one, I stay away from the comments. I don't don't go looking for what I know is going to disappoint me girl I can't do it and I' I learned it because I don't know if you know I do skits with um uh, comedian Country Wayne right and-
1: I have not seen any skits I'm about to go look for them Okay well I- are you a comedian? No okay no girl no. I'm better barely- are you doing in Just- the skits? I'm acting. Okay, 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 okay. So we we just have these
0: funny skits. Okay. And, um, and now it's a soap opera, really. But my character's name is Sarah. Okay. Right? And there's a lot of similarities between my character and me. And these videos get hundreds of thousands of views every single day. Each video, right? And there's five to six posts that he does a day. And each one is doing two, three, four hundred thousand views, Right? Now, there's thousands of comments of people that have something to say about me. They're like, Sarah wrote the short bus. I hate her voice. Oh, I can't stand her. Can we? So I learned from, from the, those kind of prepared me for them when I was doing a podcast with a group of people. The group of people that saw my public breakup and, you know, all of those different things, um, I don't care anymore. Because what I do know is if I'm compassionate for myself— me and that person, although no one is a bad person, however, I'm very clear. Number one, I don't date men like him. Number two, I I was in a rush. And it took me going through therapy and trying to understand, like, how did I choose... How did I? How did I? How did Sarah allow herself to end up in this situation? And not because they're a bad person, just because we're so and disaligned, so okay. disaligned. And so it's 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 funny. It's actually not funny, but I say that to keep from crying. Um, that at the time, my dad, we were, we're on our second battle with cancer, mm-hmm. right? Sorry. And it's okay. And if I get emotional, I just love my family, so forgive me, y'all. Um, but my dad. It's really important for my dad to walk me down the aisle. Like, that's very important to me. And um, I allowed the fear of my dad not walking me down the aisle Mm -hmm. to rush a decision that shouldn't have been rushed. Because the truth is, my dad, no matter what, he loves me more than any man on this planet, would want me to be happy. And for me to choose someone that is so outside of who I deserve and who is in alignment and who actually makes sense would be more disappointing to him than anything. And so at the time, though, I didn't know that at the time I was looking past every red flag because I dove in head first, girl. I was like, oh, and in every relationship, I've always done that. I dive in head first. And you then know? you figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like through all of the experiences, the eroded trust, the eroded respect. It's like I don't I don't I can't you know, it just is a, is a no. So I feel like um, I don't care. At the end of the day, people say are ta- people talking about me right now and don't know anything to be true about what I have going on in my life. And I don't care. I love that I'm a topic. I love that people are, I am renting out free emotional real estate in people's minds. And I'm okay with that. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be my best me. And sometimes my best is absolute trash. I'm so clear that sometimes my best is terrible, but I'm okay with that version of me too. And as long as I can look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, Sarah, you did a damn good job. You did your absolute best. You rode this thing till the wheels fell off. In whatever capacity, business relationship, romantic relationship, friendship relationships, I know that I did my part. Mm -hmm. What can anybody say? Nothing true. Do you feel the need to defend yourself? Not anymore.
1: But you went through that.
0: And you know what? There's an there's a experience that I had
1: mm-hmm. where, um,
0: so I received, um, well, no, it'll give too much information. Um, I received, oh, I'll just say it. I received an honorary doctorate. Okay. And I almost felt like I needed to go to school because of how much this person, like to go like earn it in a different way. I earned it for what I've done outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. They, and then there's things that obviously people do in the classroom. I felt like I had to go to school because of how I was getting ridden by a person. Mm -hmm. Like I felt so like, oh, well maybe, no, I don't have to do that. At the end of the day, if someone is recognizing, if God is saying, Sarah, I wanna recognize you for things that you've done, Sarah, I wanna, then it's okay. So yes, I am still human. There Mm -hmm. are still times where I'm like, damn, like, Lay off. Lay off. What do I need to do to prove to you that I am, you know, like, but now, girl, I needed that because those were the tests mm-hmm. that God came back being like, oh, you think you're you're okay, not caring what
1: people have to say. Well, here's, here's a- another try. Let's see how you handle hey, this love one. one. Let me just throw it at you, you know? So this is the, I think, the challenge, and it's probably why people just be like, F it. I would just be a fucked up person because trying to be a good person, trying to work on myself, it is hard. It is. It's not it is. fun. It's cool. not sexy. And it doesn't make life easier just because you're this ev- it, Right. Because now you're aware of things. You actually care about yeah. being a good person or how you're showing up or how you treat people. So it does make it harder. So to go through a public breakup, yeah, a romantic breakup, mm-hmm. and then a business slash friend breakup, mm-hmm. which we do not have to get into the details of, I just am speaking to the fact that you are this evolved person, but Mm -hmm. you're still facing these challenges. How do you recalibrate? How do you not start to blame yourself? How do you not start to feel like, what am I doing to it? You know, like, how do you take that out of it and still show up as your best self, still show up to serve the people who are connected to you, Mm -hmm. who are, you know, there for a purpose? Like, how do you not take it personal?
0: Yeah, well, sometimes I do, to be honest. At first, you know, I'm, I'm a human. I'm a human and I don't I don't rob myself of that experience. And I'm also a ruminator. So I ruminate with thoughts. Right. And so depending on how big of a deal the thing was to me now, I'm, it's like I'm collecting data. And, it, and it's building up this perfect case for all of the answers as to how all of this data makes so much sense. And now, do I feel the need to relay the data, or do I not feel? The Girl, need? when is your birthday? July second. I'm a Cancer. I'm cancer. Okay. When's ahead. your birthday? I'm a
1: Libra. October first.
0: Okay. All right. Do you do the same thing?
1: I do not do that at all. But I could see that being like a like you getting lost, going down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah. What do you do with the information after you have it? It depends. Okay. So.
0: Sometimes it's just like the info, because look, it's like it's like there's two sides, there's three sides to every story. One of my friends, I used to say your side, my side, and the truth. He's like, nah, it's your side, my side, and the facts. Like if there's a number right here and it looks like a nine to me, it looks like a six to you. The the fact is, it's a number. You know, it's like okay, we're both right, but whatever. So sometimes it's like, oh, I already have I and god don't play about me so I, I just i feel like i feel like with the information that i've collected
1: it's like ah now it makes sense it all makes sense that's the part though is when you can that sometimes makes it worse though when you can look back and then you start to add up all the pieces and then i start to feel like a fool like how long were you doing this like how you was over my you was in my mind was like you was in my wedding Oh you felt like you know, those are the things when you do start to go back and hindsight is twenty twenty and you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, it's like, damn, mm. you did play with me for a little while, but you ain't gonna play no more. No. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Do you feel jaded going into another relationship? No. Not at all.
0: I want love. I'm so excited about I desire to be married. But I'm also very clear that my dating pool is very small. So I'm dating. I'm okay. I'm glad or whatever. Come on, outside. Um, but I also am just very clear that I'm not in a rush. Why anymore. is your pool small? Because I want I believe I want what I deserve. And if I could work on myself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, and energetically, I want a man that believes in that too. I want a man that understands emotional intelligence, but most importantly, emotional regulation. I want a man that understands safety, security, respect, and, and, and values family and has principles and morals. And in this soft generation, things are changing, you know. And, if, and I will say that, you know, I'm 35 years old years young whatever you want to call it and i'm 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 single because i'm not married i have no children and i know a lot of people that allow society to make them feel like oh well wait you know where's your man at that and i've actually had people be like well obviously it didn't work because you don't have a man being in a relationship is easy getting married getting a man well, is so easy hard, yeah. I, but choosing someone that you're aligned with is far more challenging because there's a lot of marriages out here i don't want none not in alignment At all, right? And not to not to, you know, whoever, whoever. Like there's so many relationships out here that are not I don't want that for my life, you know? And so I'm patient now. I'm moving like um my therapist did a thing and I, I asked him, I was like, How did I how did I how did I ignore so many red flags, right? What is it about me that ignored so many red flags? And he said, Sarah, you you did not ignore red flags. He said there's a wife and a girlfriend. A wife looks at, let's say you're building construction. A wife will look at a hole in the wall and then be like, oh, we got or hole in the in the foundation and say, we got to fill this up, right? So we're gonna get the materials, we're gonna come back and we're gonna patch this up and keep building, mm-hmm. right? An inspector is a girlfriend. So a girlfriend would go look at that same hole in the in the floor. And be like, we actually don't have the materials that are necessary to fill this hole right here. And if you fill it up with something else, over time, the higher you build, the more it will fall. And so he said, Sarah, you didn't ignore red flags. You built over them. You are moving like a wife and not a girlfriend. And that's not to say that wives aren't supposed to act like we, we aren't supposed to act like wives. It's to say, inspect your person to see if they are worthy of the love that you have to give. So for me now, I'm just inspecting more. I'm not in a rush. Like, I, I just believe that we deserve to have it all. And I'm excited. Girl, this is how I know that things are changing for me. I eat out every day. It's okay. just me. okay? Right? So I eat out every day. And now even for, like, my friends have been talking about stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm going to bake a pie. Or, like, my ex before my last, I was baking fresh bread every week. I was making his favorite m- meals. Like, literally, whatever, I I fall into that, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm starting to, like, like oh, God, are you, are, uh-huh. you to, are you trying to tell me? Not to say that cooking is a wife duty. I hate when people say that, but. I just feel like it's, it's another It's the vibe, thing. though. Yes,
1: it is. It's yeah. the vibe. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I love that for you. Thank you. I'm so gonna... you're out here in these streets. I'm outside. She's outside. She is dating. You have already been made it very clear uh-huh. what we are um, attracting. Oh, yeah. Right? right? What we are not settling for less than. Period. I was going to say shoot your shot, but you have already, fellas, she has already made it very clear what it is. Um, for the people who are watching this, though, that are like, Sarah, I need to get some of this. I know you have a new podcast. I so tell the people about the new podcast. But if you have um do you do coaching or not anymore. Any... Okay. No. We'll just tell about the events.
0: Podcast. Yeah. Okay. I do events and I have one and it's probably already happened, but um <laughs> Um, So I have a podcast, it's called It's Giving, and it's giving all of the things. It's giving red flags, you know, it's giving desperate, it's giving self-love, it's giving healing, it's giving transformation. Um, It's just a lot of very real, raw conversations with real, raw people. It's them behind the business or behind Mm. the success and behind the money, like, who is this person? And I've just been having a ball because I learned I really enjoy podcasting. I really enjoy it, and we have really awesome conversations, and Mm. it is all of the things with a focus on healing.
1: I love it. I love this new space that you're in. I feel like you have no choice but to attract goodness. Thank you. And so I love that for you. I can't wait to see all that comes. So many new exciting things, new energy, new vibes. Um, So yeah, let the people know right there in that camera, Where they can find the podcast, where they can find you online, and follow you on social media. Oh, my goodness. Hi,
0: guys. Again, my name is Sarah Fontenot, and you can find me at Ms. Sarah Fontenot, so M-S-S-A-R-A-H-F-O-N-T-E-N-O-T. The T is silent. Um, that's me on all platforms. The podcast is on everything. It's giving podcast. So it's period giving period podcast. But if you just type it's giving, you'll find it Um on all of the all of the platforms are on Spotify, Apple. You know, we do we,
1: we, we doing all, all the places yeah. and we'll make sure it's linked below. So you all ain't got to go search. Just click below. Make sure y'all support. Subscribe to the show. Follow on Instagram and send your girl some good vibes. All right. It's hard in these streets when you're out here trying to the lord's work oh thank you for tuning in to another episode of girls stop playing see you next week Peace. if you enjoyed that episode make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any upcoming content and take it a step further and go ahead and join our private community over on patreon because it comes with some pretty bomb perks including Early and discounted access to our upcoming events, behind the scene exclusives with some of your favorite guests, the opportunity to call in on an upcoming show, the chance to vote on topics and guests for brand new shows. And I'm even giving you unlimited access to my vault of business classes where I'm teaching you everything from Airbnb to developing digital products and everything in between. And you can get access to our Patreon for as little as five a month okay get in where you fit in and I'll see you on the inside peace